We all know that video is a powerful way to communicate the value of what we do as designers and creatives. But if you're like most business owners, the very idea of creating these videos can seem overwhelming. Well, my girl, Ariane Belazaire, is masterful at creating engaging and effective videos for her business, and she's created a course where she teaches you step-by-step -step how to do it too. In her course, Video Like a Pro, you'll learn how to create five different styles of video, and for each style, you'll learn how to build it, how to shoot it, how to edit it, and how to promote it. I can tell you from my own personal experience that her course is so good. And she's offering a special promo code for my listeners. So go to www.videolikeaprocourse.com and enter the promo code Gale to get $50 off. And it's spelled capital G, capital A, capital I, capital L. Welcome to episode 59. I am your host, Gail M. Davis, and this is Design Perspectives. Welcome to the Design Perspectives podcast. I am your host, Gail Davis. I will talk all things design from expectation to reality, from what to expect when working with designers as well as the trades. And from time to time, current events will seep their way into the conversation. In the meantime, sit back, relax, and listen. Hey, Lauren, thank you so much for coming on. I have been wanting to interview you for a minute. So thank you, Michael, for making this happen. <laughs> hey, Gail, so great to be with you. Yay, yay. So let's let's um, talk all things textiles. I met you a while ago and I came to your showroom in Brooklyn. My studio. Yes, your studio is amazing. Your fabric is amazing. And um, so how did you get started with textiles? Because you have very beautiful stuff, like amazing. Oh. Well, thanks, Gail. I know it, it was, gosh, I feel like it must have been like 2016 when we met when you yes. came to see me. And that was, thank you. Yeah, that was, um, it was great to meet you. I know I was only in that space for three years. And I actually got into textiles like so much of what happens in life kind of just sort of organically and by accident you know right <laughs> it yeah, sounds so bizarre but that's actually the truth um after um, leaving Hashed in 2008 um i was kind of a little bit lost didn't really know what to do i had just had my kid and um had a little bit of downtime we just moved apartments and the market crashed and you know there was a financial meltdown and it was kind of like everything was frozen and um i was so used to going to Maison j in january mm -hmm. um, to paris every year and so out of just habit i went um with my husband to see um what would spark my interest and i met um an incredible textile designer who is more of an artist um, 
and she paints on textiles and she was doing commission work, mm-hmm. but did not have local New York City representation uh, at the time. And um, something about her work was really quite extraordinary. So I don't know, the words were just kind of flowing out of my mouth. And I'm like, I don't even know why I'm saying this, but I did. <laughs> I said to her, I said, are you working with anybody in New York? And she said, no. And I said, well, I know some people. And so two weeks later, she called me and she came. And she only had three clients at the time. And it was Peter Marino Architect, Robert Stern, and Juan Pablo Molino's office. Mm-hmm. And so we went to go see those three offices. And that was kind of... Um, the door into this side of the business. So the first couple of years, I only sold other people's work. Mm -hmm. Um, And I was working with the very top tier offices in the city and doing a lot of um, sort of commission work, which gave me a window into the whole process. And I was just fascinated. And it was sort of... um, you know, kind of picking up a broken thread because as a child uh, growing up in Korea, my grandmother was a really talented seamstress and she would make custom clothing for, for people and I would always go with her to the local markets to buy fabrics. And so I was always surrounded by fabrics, mm-hmm. um, but never really, you know, thought too much about it in terms of, you know, a career path as I had spent, you know, 10 years earlier in New York, um, working in magazine publishing. Mm-hmm. And so I kind of really fell in love with the whole world of interior textiles through selling other designer, very high-end bespoke work. And then in 2013, well, actually the previous year, um, I was called in by a team that, um, uh, was doing a lot of high-end installations for um, Chanel and other boutique retail mm-hmm. uh, executions. And, and they had a very specific type of fabric that they needed to um, design and create. And they asked if I could help execute. And my existing vendors at the time could not do it. So I, I kind of took that as a big cue to... to start start my own line. Um, I sourced the mill with the types of yarns that I could find. Mm -hmm. And and it was just just one little assignment that kind of sparked a whole new rabbit hole, if you will. (laughs) I love the problem solving, you know? I like the challenge when something is put in front of me it's almost like I instinctively say yes, even without having all the answers. <laughs> I'm a big believer in just learning by doing. Um, because I think often if you try and have all the answers before you start something, right, then it's just too daunting. And so then you give up. Right. I kind of just, you know, I mean, I, I'm kind of like, going through a deep tunnel and I love the research aspect of it and trying to find the answers. And so that kind of gave me courage to put together a small collection, if you will, 
And I remember being petrified of showing it to designers, you know, it's sort of like, oh my God, you know, you right. don't want to be judged, but at the same time, you have to be judged. Because right, right, right. And the very first office I took it to was um, Robert Couturier's office when they were still in Soho. And it was a handful of um, designers from the interiors department and, and they were very receptive to it. And so I was so encouraged by their, um, by their encouragement and, mm -hmm. and they, and so I was like, oh my gosh, maybe I can do this. <laughs> you know, you see what, what, what I loved was it, it kind of made me feel like I was back in school again. Right. You know, that feeling of learning something new and discovering how to do it mm -hmm. was so, was so exciting. And so, um, it's a, it's addictive that like, if I don't have a problem to solve then I get bored. Right. You know? So I guess that's a very long winded answer to your no, question. <laughs> no, it's perfectly fine. It's perfectly fine. Um, so in doing working with all these textiles and you having your own line and just really bespoke materials, mm -hmm. all let's just talk about this for a second. All fabric is not created equal, all textiles. Correct. And what is the one thing in this industry that bothers you when designers are shopping for a textile and you know they're not look they're not you looking at it the right way? Does that make sense to you? Yeah, I know. It's it's actually funny. Um my kid calls me the fabric Nazi. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. He knows the story about the soup Nazi. Yes, yes. Yeah. It's like um sometimes if i get emails from unknown designers and they ask the question in a wrong way i'm like i don't think that person deserves to have a sample <laughs> <laughs> is that terrible <laughs> you like do they really understand because i i know like designers will go out and they'll sh like the newest wave as i like to call it, is everybody wants like the perennial or the the fabric where, you know, it doesn't stain, it doesn't do this, it doesn't Outdoor, do that. Right. Yeah. And right. I'm like, you don't live in a museum, you live in a house, like stuff is going to happen and you have to right. be okay with it. And there's yeah. going to be a spot, yeah. but also you know just, Absolutely. just buying like, well, I'm going to go with this price point because it's just, it's better for my client. And I was like, but why wouldn't you explain a higher price point to your client? And also the feel, like it's a completely different animal like it's just so beautiful your fabric well oh thank you thank you for noticing so um you know i i don't have formal training in textile design so it's it's something that uh i've been and i'm still learning i'm i'm learning and doing at the same time so my designs tend to be very simple i'm not doing any sort of complex complicated weaving mm -hmm. um, my process always starts with the yarn qualities so I'm I'm interested in the raw material and that is what usually dictates to, for me where the design needs to go so I'm not working with a preconceived notion of what I want the design to be first when I uh, the production mill partners that I have, um, 
I need to see the young qualities that they have to offer before I decide that that's the right fit for me. Right. So I'm, I'm not, I, I am, I am trying to steer clear of working with entities that are heavily sourced by the D&D world, because why bother? I'm not selling commodity. I am not creating commodity. I am not, I can't compete on the commodity level that the D&D world designs and shops out of. Right. Most European mills and Asian mills. Right. So I try and find sources that is underutilized, if you will. So I'm going down a path that is a little bit more, it's less traveled. Right. And it's harder to work with because I am working with entities that are not necessarily used to working with um, interior textiles. Okay. And or um, a collection that needs to be available so you know a lot of times if i find yarn qualities that are beautiful but those yarn qualities come from um from yarn suppliers that are mainly selling to fashion companies because that's where usually more more of the interesting yarn qualities come from Mm -hmm. you know but the fashion yarns they don't reproduce season to season because obviously they're dealing in the fashion world right you know where on our side of the business, what I sample today needs to be available five years from now. Right, right. So it's a, you know it's 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 a bit of a dance, but I kind of like the challenge of trying to convert something that is not sourced by because again, I'm trying to do something different than what is available at the D&D. and so I guess hopefully that shows because I'm using qualities of yarns that are are. Um, a more expensive right um, and so most of the dnd companies you know they're i, I mean i don't want to speak um too generally but right you know, i think because they're large companies they're usually shopping based on numbers right creating based on numbers whereas for me it's just me right and so there's no decision making by committee if I feel something resonates with me, I'm going to pursue it. Does it make sense? No, it completely makes sense. And if for those of you who have never been to her showroom, if you go, <laughs> you have to set up an appointment. But when you go, you will see the difference. And also the people that shop you are high-end designers. Um they tend to be. I mean, what what's been really nice is I've noticed in the past couple of years, uh, um, you know, a sort of a burgeoning. I mean, I'm sure they were always around, but I never had the bandwidth to get to know the smaller. I mean, often my top my top customers tend to be sometimes you know the two three person offices, you know. So I think I think success comes in all different sizes. And, and and numbers of staff. So <clears throat> I personally enjoy working with the smaller firms because I like the intimacy. Right. You know, and again, the less bureaucracy in the decision-making process is better for me, you know? 
No, that's true. That's all of us. If the principal likes it, then it gets purchased. Right. No, I don't have to go through six layers of approval. Right. No, that's 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 a lot of us. And let's talk about being a solopreneur because you're doing this by yourself. You don't have a team, correct? Yeah, I mean, that is correct. It, in terms of, I, I wear multiple hats. I feel a <laughs> not a little bit. I feel I feel very um, split personality most most of the time. you know, I design early in the morning because I'm dealing with different time zones. Right. You know, so I'm going back and forth with the strike-offs, with the, you know, with the mills. And then, you know, uh, mid-morning to early afternoon, I'm dealing with East Coast time zone back and forth with, with clients in New York. And then, um, you know, usually from 3 to 8 o'clock at night, I'm dealing with West Coast. Because mm-hmm. um, I sell through several showrooms out West. And so... I like I like the the variety. Uh, sometimes I do feel um, a little schizoid, right? I'm like, especially when you know stupid logistics issues with FedEx during this pandemic has been awful. So you know that operational stuff is not so fun. But um, I'm I'm still too small to to sort of outsource it, if you will. Right. I understand. Let's talk about, <laughs> since you're speaking of logistics, mm-hmm. how is it for you running a business in the pandemic? And also, is there homeschooling going on? How is that working? Because you do have a child that's in school. Yes. Thank God he's not small, small. He's out, um, he's out almost 13. So actually, in the beginning, it was definitely, I mean, it was definitely an uphill challenge. But I think we... <laughs> Um, the after the summer, and then when September happened, and we were like, okay, it's continuing. Um, his school actually went back four out of five days, mm-hmm. starting in September. So it's 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 been more um, normal, if you will. Okay. So yeah, having that structure set for my son has been godsend because you know how it is when when there's no structure in the house yeah it's complete chaos and mayhem yeah so we all function better and and i've been working out of my home studio and it's the entire third floor of our residence mm-hmm. and so you know it's like two thousand square feet of workspace because we do everything on site here so I close the door and it's like I'm, in, you know, it's like I'm in my own workspace. Nobody bothers me. So right. It's, it's good. It's good. And so, I mean, there's, you know, there's pluses and minus and everything. But um, I, I missed, you know, I was going to the city two days a week prior to the pandemic. Mm-hmm. I had my city studio at 1133 Broadway. But since the pandemic, it's, you know. I don't know. I've been going in maybe once a month or as needed if designers really need to come and meet me in person. Well, of course, because you must look at the beautiful fabric. What has, what's the most valuable lesson that you have learned having your own business and working with textiles and designers? If there's one thing that you could, you could, you would want designers to know or to truly understand, what would that be? 
Wow, that's a that's a big question. <laughs> you know, um, what, what would I want them? I think, um, I think designers know this if they start to work with my 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 collection. Uh, that I think it matters who who they buy fabrics from. Just just like you know, it matters where your food comes from right i think it should matter where who is who is designing who is who is doing the work to get the fabrics delivered um, i mean that in a way that um, i try and honor so two out of the three production partners that i work with are hand wovens mm -hmm. and so my i started my collection with the with the focus of Work, trying to do my best to work with natural fibers okay and and making hand woven goods as much as possible because it is a um a lost art mm. uh, that was replaced by the industrial loom um in the past century and a half and nothing can nothing can replace the look of hand loom Loom has its limitations. So that's why I have my third collection, which is a Jakar woven collection. And I work with a 300 year old mill um, in Europe that is still family owned um, wow. that do small productions. And so I, you know, it's like a marriage. I, I like to work with small entities that are doing that are producing everything with heart and soul. And that's what I do with my own collection. I mean, I belabor over the design and the right composition of yarns and, you know, all of that before it, it is approved and, and gets sampled in the market. So I think when new designers uh, learn about my work and they ask for samples and they get the package of samples and it's very tactile, they can feel. Oh, can I just right. say your <laughs> your samples are insane. Like I I'm looking at three of them right now that I have that I've had for some time. And it is the way they feel is just delicious. Well, that's the only word. I mean. Oh, okay. I mean that's yes. Well, and that is the whole point. You know, because um uh, it's it's choosing the right yarns, it's playing off of the composition of how the yarns are woven together and it's all done in small batches and everything is done with care mm -hmm. so it's like you know you, you're either going to go eat a meal at a fast food joint and your stomach will feel full or you can have an incredible delicious meal at an amazing restaurant with an incredible experience of the ambiance and and the setting right and and the service you know so i i i'm trying to do the latter i'm not doing fast oh god you're not trying you are doing the latter like i i can't stress enough how like er, I remember being in your studio and just looking at each fabric and as you're pulling out each one, it was just, one was just so much more beautiful and, and tactile and just the, the, the way it felt, it was like, it felt 
wealthy, if that makes sense. Like it felt, it felt luxurious. And I was just like, oh yeah, you could see it in magazines and you could see the designers that would be buying it, you know, and how they would use it in, it's using your fabric set you up for me, set you apart from other designers because of the fabric, how it feels, just how it looks and how it handles on, you know, upholstery or whatever you're using it for. And I can just see it. It's like, it's, you know, there's like, there's photographers and then there's like Ellen McDermott. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> right, right, right. Well, I mean, thank you. Thank you for, for recognizing it. And, and I'm happy that it resonated with you. And that's, that's the, that's also the approach that I take to, um, to selling my collection. You know, I'm not trying to be for everybody. You got it. You got it. No. And there's no. nothing wrong with that. Listen, exactly. there's Walmart and then there's Chanel. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, and, and that's okay because as long as you know who you're selling to in your niche, they're going to find you and they, your people find you. Um, because you just offer really amazing fabric. I can't stop saying that enough. So this has been really great for me and I do want you to come back. Um, tell the fabulous people where they can find you and designers you need to pay attention and you need to go follow her on Instagram. Oh, but you definitely yeah. need to make an appointment yeah. to go see her this stuff. Has been amazing. So um, they, can, they can make an appointment to come see me um, at 1133 Broadway, Suite 507. Um, you can go on my website, which is just Lauren Huang, H-W-A-N-G, New York, spelled out, dot com. And um, all the details are there. You can also follow me at Lauren Huang, New York. Yes. Well, thank you so much. I'll put all the information in the show notes. Um, and I can't wait to uh, to come to your showroom again because it's been a minute and I I have several projects I'm working on. And there's one project particular, which is close to you in Potomac that I need to utilize your fabrics for, because this, this is going to be an amazing, this is an amazing project, but this is that client for your, your product. Oh my gosh, that would be great. You can come see me here or I can meet you somewhere closer to Potomac. That would be fabulous. I, and I also want to hear all about on the next episode, I want to hear all about the Aspire Design Home that you did. Yes. Yes. We'll talk yes. about that. Well, thank you so much, Lauren, for coming on. I really appreciate this. Gail, this was a great treat. Thank you for making the time. Absolutely, my love. Enjoy your day. Okay. You too. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Design Perspectives podcast. As always, I'm your host, Gail M. Davis. I really appreciate you listening. Please don't forget to rate me on iTunes. It is super important. It will help people to find where we are located. And the Design Perspectives podcast is also available on Design Network Platform. Thank you so much. Enjoy your day.